because I just feel like it's probably the most hated job in America. And like on both sides. On both sides. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? You hate to do it, and you, the people are like <laughs> that's the irony, right? People knocking on the door, and they're like, "I hate you," and you're like, "I hate I myself," hate, and I also hate you. <laughs> yeah, I hate everything about what's happening. So I always thought it would be fun just to like tell the story because like it just. Everyone does it for a different reason, you know, come yeah. from like poor backgrounds, well-off backgrounds, and you know, some people do just want to come and make a lot of money, some people just want to pay for college, like, I've always been well, like, welcome, okay, well, you do it, you do it this time. Welcome <laughs> to the Wandering Conversation. <laughs> yes. As Josh laughs through the whole thing. Shh. Okay, okay. Welcome to the Wandering Conversation. <laughs> I am one of your wandering <laughs> conversationalists, Josh frickin' Tillman. And I am Christian Robert Solheim McGillicuddy Stone. I'm just going to start adding more words to the middle of my name in between, just so I can catch up with you and sound cool like you sound. Maybe someday you'll uh, be as cool as me. <laughs> I'll get there. Guys, this is our first real episode aside from the introduction which was basically another episode but this is this is where it all starts for us this show's all about traveling and if you want to have a sense of direction uh, you need to not only know where you're going you need to know where you started where you're coming from and so this is where we start up in a uh, Johnson City Tennessee. I got a guy in a son. I hear my baby calling my name, and I know that she's the only one. And if I die in Raleigh, at least I will die free. Beautiful. It is a small town up in the Appalachians uh, where we have done for a few years now the paradisical job of selling pest control door to door. Door to door sales. Yeah. And just like every child dreams. So, yeah, we that is how Christian and I met. You can listen more to that story in the introduction if you want to go through all that. But we met through doing this job. It is not a fun job. Dare I say... And that's putting it lightly. Yeah, horribly miserable, actually. But it's, it's not that bad. It, 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 is, it is not that bad. I don't know. But it's... Um, mm, the first year isn't bad at all. It, that's the true. second year is meh. It chips the away your soul. Year, is that it's is, is kind of bad <laughs> the fourth year terrible fifth year even worse sixth year you are wondering why why just, just yeah. why christian has somehow managed to do this job for six years i am on my third and i already feel that uh my soul has lost much of its color so and uh, yeah and it's the only reason i think we still do it at least for me the reason i still do it is the people like yeah. Every year I've gone out with good people. I've had a great, right. um, you know, a great guy leading, Milo, who typically runs everything from afar. Yeah, it's just grateful. Hashtag gratitude. Well, and it is a cool job where you do get to meet people who, on the doors, right? Obviously, you, you, when you knock doors, you, you know, you find people at their worst times, right? You find when they're changing the diapers or when they're in the middle of a stressful meal. Or when and, they're naked. Uh, the, it is true. I've had some people answer the doors scantily clothed. Or not clothed at all. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had that. I oh, have. actually, I have. Okay, one one time I went up to a house, went to knock, and I did see through the window some butt cheeks, and I did not knock that door. <laughs> and I, do, I did have that happen one time. Yeah, you get some crazy stories from this job. You meet some crazy-ass people. You'll kind of hear some of those stories in the podcast today. But you meet awesome people, too, right? I think this is a job that really instilled into me the belief that cool people are everywhere you go. True. Um, even in the smallest towns in, like, Morristown, Tennessee, or or wherever you go. That's one of the cool things about doing this job. Correct. Yeah. And, I mean... It's a good money maker, which is obviously why I've done it for six years. So all in all, it's worth kind of the the grind and the the hard the hardness of it all. Right. Um, plus, you learn you learn a really useful set of skills. So I mean, you learn how to talk to people. You learn how to be a good salesman. You learn just a lot of things: how to work hard, how to yeah. have kind of determination. Because motivation yeah. only gets you so far. It's the determination that um, and discipline 
Well, that really gets you far in life. And I think it really teaches you to make a goal and to pursue it, right? To yeah. set a goal and to achieve that goal. I this well for one, all the trip that we're doing. I think the reason this episode is so important is one, this trip that we're doing would not be doable without this job for multiple reasons. Financially, of course, like we were able to save up money doing this job. That's why we can afford to kind of go and do something like this because uh, <laughs> this podcast sure so ain't making money. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we're definitely doing it on a budget though, Yeah, still. Definitely, you know, it, it's still going to be tight. But yeah, I mean, so one, you know, it facilitated the travel. Also, it kind of forced us to travel at least me like i feel like it is a job that does kind of chip away at you and travel is the opposite travel i think is something that replenishes you it it brings you know vibrancy and color back to your life it makes you see things through new eyes and so it kind of i feel like the job kind of pushed me into traveling i never really traveled before i started doing the job and then lastly this podcast i don't think would be happening without this job because I don't think I would have ever had the balls to go and just ask people to sit onto a podcast if, before I started knocking on people's doors. Like, it is an intimidating thing. Yeah, and like just cold calling someone and saying, hey, will you be on my podcast? <laughs> right. I mean, it's basically what we do. We just meet cool people. We're like, oh, that, that person's got like a cool personality. Like, let's see if they'll just sit down and talk with us for, you know, a random amount of time. Um, and yeah, essentially we meet strangers and then shortly thereafter ask them to be on our podcast which <laughs> kind of nuts it is kind of nuts but you know so and also like this podcast requires just a lot of work behind the scenes of setting up you know getting like the pages all set up doing the web design the legal work the financial side and that's all work that takes a lot of time and um i don't think i would have had the gusto to go and do had i not had the kind of work ethic i feel like instilled into me say for this job but anyways let's kind of like get ourselves into the the bulk of this thing now this is the last day of work for us so uh, at least for me christian had actually ditched me at this point he is currently road tripping across the country so here's kind of what my road trips look like i get in the car i drive yep that is it that's how it goes i get in the car and i drive Typically, the first thing that I do is I'll, I'll listen to music because, you know, I don't need novelty quite yet. I'm not bored yet. So I listen to music. I typically listen to the musical Hamilton at least once every road trip that I do. Love that musical. Great musical. Still have to convince Josh about it, but he'll get on board eventually. It's Pirates of Penzance I really want Josh to get on board with just because pirates and sailing and I want to be a pirate. Yeah, I'm still not into Pirates of Penzance, uh, but while Christian was road tripping, uh, I was going ahead interviewing a couple of our co-workers. While the job sucks a ton, it's an interesting job. I can't lie about that. You get some pretty crazy stories from knocking on people's doors all day for a, a full summer. Uh, so I went ahead, I sat down, interviewed uh, Riley and Ollie, a couple of the guys that me and Christian lived with, and I, I learned pretty quick that I need to be a far better interviewer. I have a lot of work to go. Okay, and then I think I'm the middle one. Yep, I am. And then, and then I'm the low one. You're Ollie, <laughs> Ollie is, as usual, a bottom. So. Shalom. <laughs> I like the, the bottom's good. <laughs> I, we know you like you don't have to do much, but yeah. I mean, all right, good. Now that I have you all, um, getting wait, recorded. are we go doing it? No. Oh, yes, yeah, so we are. It's like, no, it's, we're it's already like, making sex jokes. Once I got past the awkwardness of trying to get everyone recording and on the same page, uh, it became a good opportunity to uh, get some of the crimes of my roommates on tape. No, no, no. The real reason I wanted to get you guys on the podcast was um, so I could be recording you when I said, who is the guy who's not filling up the ice trays when he puts them back in the freezer? Because you are a sociopath. Who uses up the entire ice tray and then puts it back into the freezer empty? I'm looking at you, Riley. I've definitely done it a few times. I I don't even use the ice. I do use the ice, and I do fill them up occasionally. It's usually when I'm running out of the door. 
But after I got Riley's confession on tape, uh, we mainly just talked about how weird of a job it is that we work. And it's nuts. Like, you meet all kinds of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds. Everyone, at least once a year, gets a gun pulled on them. <laughs> yes. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's, it is a coming-of-age thing in pest control. Let's, give, me, give me a story of a door you knocked I know. There's, there's a time. There's I don't time. think I've had anything, like, super crazy, but, I mean... No guns pulled. Just last week, this guy walked out. Um, of, he had his like a Glock, like shoved straight down his pants, like right in front of his PP. Right? <laughs> Are you sure it was a Glock? Or well, was it, I mean, it was a, it was a handgun. Um, <laughs> like the handle was sticking out, okay. and I just started pitching him, and he was super chill. But he was like, "We're good, buddy," and like with his right hand, like points towards the road, and then like tapped his gun and i was like all right man see ya like i wasn't scared but i was just right. like what are you trying to prove here <laughs> well, and the fact that you felt the need that he had to tap the gun like uh, yeah. yeah it's not like yeah. i saw it <laughs> right yeah you know, it's like yeah uh god that's so dumb but what about you ollie have you had a gun pulled on you um uh, my first i feel like it was in the first week i can't remember if it was the first or second day but someone pulled a, a 22 and shot it was like a squirrel or a bird just like <laughs> I remember you selling this. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that scared the bejesus out of me, and I did not continue to pitch him. I I did leave. I didn't say a single thing to him. I just Wussy. waved and then <laughs> left. Dude, what a what a yeah. Dude. And to add to this, <laughs> the South is a pretty exciting place to do this job. You get a lot of really nice people, but you get some pretty colorful characters. Yeah, we were we were at a at a cliff jumping spot in Tennessee, oh Alabama actually, and we ran into this guy. And here's here's a little snippet we recorded. And that little boy come in here, uh, very being a pain in the butt, throwing rocks and stuff. He got garbage out of the garbage can, throwing garbage. Boy, that sucks. And uh, it, my wife, next thing she know, he had that bitch the bus, and she hollered at him, made bring in here, so he's in here. She hollered at his mom and daddy, told him they're gonna have to control me or uh, get out of the park. But next thing you know, he's up the other sort of rocks again there, but good yeah. thing I wasn't down here. Yeah. Well, I just went up there and told his mom and daddy, hey, if you tear his ass up, or I tear his ass up, or I tear y'all's ass up. He said, he's gonna get it, or y'all gonna get it. Well, that's what's wrong with kids today. Their mom and daddy's afraid to whoop them and go call child abuse. Like I told my kids when they were growing up. Call them. Before they get here, you ain't gonna be able to walk. <laughs> <laughs> I will beat you and you can say, he does it to me. Uh, that's it's good meeting you. You have a great day. All right, y'all come back and see us. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. That in the South, you do just get people talking about like whooping their kids, and then y'all come back now. You know, they just become the nicest, most jovial person. I don't know. It is just a different society from a different age. Yeah, and they're they're still like extreme, an extremely conservative people. Um, and it's just it's funny to see how extremely conservative they are, but still how like crazy kind. I love that we're talking like zoologists a little bit. They are a conservative type. And Here we are. Looking at the uh, Alabama in his <laughs> natural habitat, right? Honestly, okay. But anyways, so but no, like the reason that all of us guys we get pretty close during the summer. We love our coworkers, um, and it's largely because we do meet these crazy people. We get these crazy stories. Um, but anyways, back to and, Riley and Ollie. Yeah. Well, so. and because it's a hard job, and you need good people to get you through it. And we did have some good people we were working with. No, no, this is. But honestly, dude, this is a fun team. Like, I really do feel like this was like a good team of just like guys. You just, I don't know. We were all chill. Everyone was cool. Like, no, I don't it, think we had any duds. It was super cool, and especially so. Everyone else besides me like knew someone else on the team. I just kind of showed up, and everyone was like, "Who's this Riley guy?" Yeah, and uh, but I don't really know anyone on this team either, though. I knew Caleb. That's true. Yeah, yeah I I'd met everyone like once. Right, but. Other than that, yeah, I was kind of in the same boat. No, yeah, but either way, it's still just like you, you show up, other guys knew each other, and I just, but now, I don't know, these are like, these are my buddies, and right. it's really no big deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you do make fast friends doing this job. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you make really fast friends. So, And also just the fact that, like, most people, 95% of people who do this job, right, are, are going to be social 
extroverted people. You know, you don't get a lot of a lot of introverts doing this job. So, I mean, there always is the stigma of like I don't know. At least it's like a Utah thing. Like sales guys are just like douchebags right? and yeah. bros. But I feel like we really like. I feel like that's when you let the job like consume you, and that's all you do. But like we're all just like super. I really mm-hmm. do feel like we're super down to earth guys, and like mm-hmm. all these other guys like. Christian, while knocking doors, did service. Like, he mowed some Which I still think that dude's... Lawn. Yeah, he would literally, like, knock on a door, get rejected, and be like, hey, can I just do an act of service for you? And I was... I don't know. I don't have the balls for that. I See, think, I've asked people if they need help, like, moving stuff, and, like, I want to help. I've someone working, but, yeah, you know, right. But I don't think I'd, I would just ask, though. Like, but I, I respect the hell of it. But you are 100% right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're not guys who are, like... We're not sports... Like two of us drive Priuses, you know, like, you know, like we're, we, we ain't driving sports cars out here yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, no one's taking their money from this job and just like putting into something like super just like loud and right. Right. It's just guys like, I feel like honestly, this is a team of guys who just like to travel. They like to be outdoors, you know, like to camp, rock climb. Yeah. Meanwhile, while I was talking to our coworkers, uh, Christian was still on his road trip. Oklahoma, what a state. It's like, um, if you were to imagine Tennessee, so very green, very lush. There's a lot more, a lot of mountains. Tennessee's a beautiful state. If you were to imagine that Tennessee and Kansas had a baby, you know, Kansas, that flat state where once you get on the highway, you can just turn on cruise control and Netflix and go for hours. <laughs> um, if Kansas and Tennessee were to have a baby, I think it would be Oklahoma. Because Oklahoma, it's not near, not nearly as hilly as Tennessee. It doesn't have any mountains, but it's still not quite as flat as Kansas. It's still got some beautiful greenery, some beautiful trees, lovely bushes. A lot less of the coniferous trees than Tennessee. But it's still beautiful, got a lot more fields and open spaces than Tennessee does. And it's beautiful though, beautiful. Open skies, blue skies, puffy clouds. It's, it's a pretty place. We do like Oklahoma. But while Christian was out there enjoying the uh, wide, wide plains of Oklahoma, uh, I went ahead. I sat down with Ethan, who both me and Christian have worked with for, God, I've worked with him for two, almost three years now. Um, and I, I actually served my LDS mission with him. So I spent two years in Brazil with him, and then we ended up working together a few years later. Co-worker and good friend. Yep. No good doubt. dude. A really good dude. So uh, I went down, I sat down with him, and we talked for quite a while. And, uh, yeah, I, you guys will you guys will get plenty of a sense of just how good of a dude this guy really is. I originally thought Monday was going to be my last day, like next Monday. Yeah. Now I'm... Not thinking so? Now I'm even debating if I'm going to make it past Wednesday. Oh, dude, I mean, just because that's when everyone's leaving, and I'm like, so, I mean, that, that my first summer when we did the postseason up in Johnson City here, I was like, dude, I'm gonna like go, I'm gonna get out another like 25 accounts, like a high contract value, get out here, and it's like, <laughs> how many know, did you do? No, the, the whole team probably did all seven of us, eight of us probably did like 15 accounts in total over yeah. like a week. Oh, I remember that. Same thing happened last year too. I think. Partially, something that had to do with that is I found that, well, me me personally, when I'm in an Airbnb, my mentality has changed from I'm right. working to I'm on vacation because I'm usually yeah. like traveling when I'm in an Airbnb. So like that mental barrier is just like another thing you have to leap over. Yeah, when you set up an apartment, do you set it like is this apartment set up differently than how you set up your house back home in terms of, like this is a place geared for work, like your house back home is geared for uh, a home? What do you mean like set up? Well, like I don't so I don't set up an Xbox when I come out. Like it's just very minimal. Like I'm very minimalist when I come out here. When I'm back home, I set up a ton of stuff. Yeah. You know. I mean, same kind of thing. I try to make it as homey as I possibly can right. for Amy and the kids. Yeah. So like 
brought the TV and then I was here alone for probably like two, three weeks. And so in that time, there's no freaking overhead lights upstairs. So like I just went on Amazon and bought like little corded ropes that are like corded rope lights and then i strung them up and hung them in the ceiling so that they would actually have like a light yeah and then i bought rue unicorn sheets and a blanket and right stuff like that just because like for them like this is home right they're here most of the time so it needs to be a little bit more homey like if it was just me I probably wouldn't even have a couch. couch right. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, yeah. Totally. I would I would just be chilling on a mattress on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I, I take it is Amy pretty excited that you're you're done with So excited. If if you had told her like, Hey, this is a great team, Milo gave me this great deal to come back and run it one more year. She would say no. She would say no? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame her. I feel like honestly the I feel like being the wife of a door to door salesman is Maybe not. I don't know if I'd say just as bad, but it's probably it's probably just about as bad as being the door to door salesman. Yeah, I mean it's really hard for her because I mean we have two kids, and I mean this year she was pregnant, like yeah, always in the yeah. second or third trimester. So, and it's it's really hard to make friends like right. when you're you know you're only going to be here for three months. So she basically, like, her entire day is finding things that her and the kids can go out and do that will help them stay, like, happy and sane and motivated yeah. <laughs> to be alive. Yeah. So, but, and then, like, on the other hand, when they are back home in Utah, like, right now, I'm here. And so she's basically just a single mom. Right. And, like, that is freaking hard. Like, she, yeah. she calls me and, like, a couple times a week just, like, crying. Really? It's like, yeah, like, so hard. Does she have, like, a, do you guys have, like, a pretty, like, good friend group in Utah? Yeah. I mean, I figured. You know, yeah, we yeah. do. So, oh, that was actually super, super cool. So, we've been apart for, I think, four of our five anniversaries because it's oh, wow. August 11th, and that's just, like, right at the end right, of the summer. Right. And usually she will have gone home by then, and I'm just, like, finishing out the summer. But this year, um, and I always try and do something, but uh, I have, like, a really, really good group of friends that like we've grown up together and so like us and all our wives and our kids like we're always super tight and staying hanging out but anyways i contacted all of them and i was like hey guys like i need a lot of help this this year i want to make this anniversary special because it's our five-year anniversary so i had each of them and i texted them and i was like this is what i want you guys to do and they're like oh 100 yeah like we'll do that for sure so basically i just had them each go and buy a single rose at a store that's and awesome. then throughout the day, they just showed up randomly to wherever Amy was, and they gave her the rose and a little note that I had them write, and basically just said like "Happy Anniversary." So that's so sweet. Yeah, having that kind you of friend support. Yeah. Uh, you, you I romantic. I am a hopeless romantic. No, that's yeah. awesome though. I love that. Like that's. I'm just like, damn, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and and seriously, like, it, you just got to find ways to show. Well, for me, like, I need to show her I love her because I'm putting her through hell yeah. <laughs> to be out here and make money. So, right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that worked really, really, really well. And uh, so it's really nice to have, like, her there with actual people. Yeah. You know. I, I guess everyone's got the stigma of summer sales before they come out that, like, all summer salesmen are just very shallow, you know, <laughs> just like very simple like one-dimensional creatures you know make money spend money Money, right exactly (laughs) which you know sometimes you know it is tempting it is well it is it's like well i've never i never thought about money or it felt like i ever needed money until i started making money and then i was like i do need more of this yes you know it's like but yeah when i was poor like i just needed enough money to pay rent and that's all i really cared about you know like and now that i have money i'm like god i need another 700 dollars for rei you know exactly yeah for me the money is like I just want to fund my hobbies. Yeah. And I have expensive hobbies. hobbies right? <laughs> That's the worst part. Yeah. Now, I've realized that uh, money doesn't buy happiness, uh, but it's, it does fund expensive hobbies. And those hobbies least, buy those, happiness. <laughs> those at least alleviate a lot of pain. So, uh, yeah. No, I mean, this job is good for that. But, but no, I've always just like, yeah, I came out with the mentality of like, yeah, yeah, like these door to door salesmen are just all going to be like a very bro culture. But then, yeah, no, you realize that, like, everyone's just 
like there's there's no there's no basic people out here you know like I, that's why i've always just thought like it'd be really fun just to do literally just a podcast season on just literally a summer sales like team because i just feel like that it's probably the most hated job in america and like on both sides on both sides yeah i know right you hate to do it and you, the people are like <laughs> that's the irony right people knock on the door and they're like i hate you and you're like i hate I myself hate, and i also hate you but yeah i hate everything about what's happening but it's just like but then like yeah i don't know so but then like yeah i always thought it would be fun just to like tell the story because like it just there's just everyone does it for a different reason you know come yeah. from like poor backgrounds well-off backgrounds and you know some people do just want to come make a lot of money some people just want to pay for college like I've always really enjoyed that, honestly. One thing I I was when I was talking to um, Ollie and Riley last night, I, I kind of realized that like this is the only company culture, especially in your twenties, that like really values its employees, right? Like, I mean, because you can go work at Starbucks, Walmart, and they really don't give a damn. Like, if you like, if you're living a good life, like you know anything like that, as long as you you just have to like do the job, work the hours, right? Whereas like. In the off season, Milo's like putting out incentives for you to invest, for you to work out, for you to go on to diets, for you to like to literally like like physically, mentally, emotionally like get all your stuff in order. Just better yourself, yeah. right? And I was like, yeah, what? Where else do you find that anywhere? Yeah, and I mean that's something Milo talks about all the time. Like whenever he does our his like correlation or his like firesides or whatever, he's always like, guys, the money in summer sales is awesome. But the most important thing I've ever learned is just how to thrive yeah. in difficult situations. And so, like, I feel like he his his goal in life is just to instill that in other people, and he's gonna do it by making money along the way. But like, it's not right so important to him. Like, if he loses a little bit of money here and there because he's helping people learn like life lessons and get on to bigger and better things, like he doesn't care. Yeah. Which, yeah, dude, so much respect to that. I aspire to be like him. I know, everyone (laughs) does. I mean, that's the thing that, like, you know, I don't even even know Milo that well. I mean, we've sat down a couple times, chatted a few times, but it's just like, like, I've never met anyone who's had a bad interaction with him. I'm just like, I don't know how he does that. Like, is it just because he has an incredible smile with absolute pearly whites? I don't know, but, like, whatever he does, like, it just works, you know? What what do you think? You, You associate with him a lot more than I do, like... What makes a man like that so likable? Well, because I think, I think a lot of people say they genuinely care about you, but I think it's easy to tell that Milo really does like right. genuinely care about people. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a specific situation, but yeah, I know I've I've known Milo for like five, six years now, and. There has never been a situation where he's put, like, his own well-being ahead of mine. He'll always, like, come up with suggestions and be like, hey, this is kind of what I think would be a good idea. But, like, just so you know, like, if that's not what you want to do or, like, if you come up with a better idea, dude, just let me know. Right. So, like, and that's never fake with him. It's it's always, like, and I mean, to be fair, he always, like... 100% 100% of the time does have the best ideas. And so like, I, I feel like I do right. do what he says anyway just because I know it's going to work out. But Well, dude, well, and I mean, you've run this team for how many years have you managed? Uh, like full-on managed by myself for three years. For three. Okay, so Johnson City was your, your full-on managing years then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because I was talking to Milo and I remember like, like, dude, Milo, what was your key to the success uh, with like this, this inside branch? He's like, yeah, if, like I, people ask me that at like Vantage all the time, and I just point to Ethan. You know, he's just like <laughs> I was like Ethan just run this team. And I was like, then so we talked about you for a bit, and I was like, dude, yeah, Ethan has earned every single dollar he's made doing this job, like and then some. You know, like you've worked your absolute butt off. So, oh man, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, dude, no, I feel like you should. I feel like you should. You know, but um, what did you feel like managing has taught you that sales did not? That is a good question. Absolutely nothing. I am so shallow. It's just it's all about the money. <laughs> I, I knew it. Yeah, that's it, folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, that is a that is a good question. I I've learned. I, I'm definitely of the personality that like I I want things to be done right. So mm-hmm. I gravitate towards I'm gonna do it all. Yeah. 
Um, so I think managing, I really have learned uh, how better to like delegate and trust people. Right. Like when I give it out an assignment, I'm just going to let them do it, do it to their best abilities and they can learn and grow from it. And if it's not exactly up to standard or par or whatever, how I imagine it being like, oh, well, I gave them that opportunity. So that's something over the course. I like I'm still learning that, but I feel like I've gotten a lot of good opportunities to put that into play. Yeah. And I think I think the biggest lesson I've probably learned is like. Being honest and upfront in everything makes the people I work with happier. And when people I work with are happier, they perform way above where they would if I was like just trying to like hide things and manipulate them. And Being honest and upfront, I feel like is, again, when you think of the stigma of this job, you think that is not what people think of pest control salesmen. You know, people are like, well, do you ever lie in the job? I'm like, no, I never lie. But then maybe sometimes I fill the gap in my knowledge with things that I think are somewhat correct, like Delta D40, right? You know, I'm like, I know we put something into these people's walls to treat for the ants, but I'm, I don't know what it is. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, we'll just puff in. Uh, it's, a, it's a product. It's called Delta D40. And anyways, I'm just like, well, that's not really a lie. It's like, it's just filling the gap between what I know and what I should know, you know, and I, you know, so I don't know. I, I find myself rationalizing in this job a lot, you know, always the first couple weeks of the summer, I'm like, I don't remember how to sell. And so I'm like doing everything I can to get these people to sign up. And I always have a really high cancellation rate <laughs> in yeah. the beginning of the summer. Um, and then I always like, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm stupid. Like just be, honest and upfront and tell them everything that's in the contract. And then I usually, my cancellation rate goes like way, way, way down. I just think that is interesting because I haven't thought about this before, but like, yeah, when, when I like, if I've ever fibbed in this job, it's usually out of a place of anxiety. It's not out of a place of manipulation. It's just out of a place of, I don't know. I feel like you expect me to know. Yeah. And so I feel like I have to say something here and, um, or I have to like tell you something that's going to like make you happy. Like, yeah, it's largely, it's not like I'm not coming out of this place of like, Hey, give me your money. But, uh, it's, it's just a place of like, I'm, I'm nervous. This is obvious. This is an awkward interaction. I knocked on your door. You're not happy. I can tell that. And like, I'm trying to make the best out of this. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think little things like you tell the customer that we're going to put Delta D 40 up in their walls. I think that does not matter at all. (laughs) I mean, the real thing we put up there is Delta methrin. So I mean like close enough, close enough. I got the Delta right. yeah, Yeah. Like unless the customer is like, what is the exact name of this product and the active ingredient and whatever. And you're like Delta D 40. Like, eh, I don't think it matters. Like, yeah. unless you're, unless you're telling them something like, yeah, so we actually send little micro robots up into your walls <laughs> and they'll clean out all the bugs with little mini bazookas. Like that's, that's what I do to secure the sale. Yeah. Like if they're, if they're still, <laughs> if after like the, the fourth, no, they're still not buying. I'm like, look, this is, this is 22nd century right here. Little, little monkeys <laughs> we've biologically engineered. No, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. While Ethan and I were talking, though, Christian was still suffering through Oklahoma. Just kidding. He was actually loving it, I think. But uh, here's a little bit of his advice for road trips right here. We, we got to get a little bit more Christian in this episode. You know what I'm saying, so... I prefer driving at night, and I think Josh is in the same boat as me, where driving at night is really nice because there's no one on the road, there are less police officers around, so Josh can fly. For me, I just, I prefer driving at night because, yep, roads are less busy, I can watch Netflix without a glare on my phone, and that keeps me awake, so... I got to watch some got to watch some movies last night and that kept me awake from about midnight until about 2:30 in the morning and then I made it through Oklahoma City pulled over at an exit hopped out stretched a little bit used the restroom and then crashed in the back of the van woke up around 11 topped off on gas and then hit the road again so 
still rocking through the Oklahoma. Okay, but back to Ethan. Let's let's take a shot at this. How can you describe to the average person oh my gosh. the fatigue that comes with this job? Because it's what we work. Let's we work seven hours a day, seven yeah. and a half hours a like, day. Not even full time. Not even full time. Yeah, and then two days of the week we literally only work half that. You yeah. know, and then uh, we we work evenings and we have all the morning to ourselves. We make obviously very good money doing this job. It's the only reason people would really ever do this job. I mean, and you work, what, four months out of the year? I mean, it yeah. literally sounds like the ideal job. Why? I don't know. Why, why, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Why do you have to pay people so much money to do this? I don't know, dude. And so there are those people out here like Andrew Osler and <laughs> right. Tyler Wyman mm-hmm. and the big boys who do like Golden Door Awards that are literally just a different breed. They do work 10 hours a day, every day. Them, I just don't understand. Like, abs- there's no... The guys who can just marathon day at every yep, single there's, day. There's no understanding yeah. them at all. So like, but talking about us with just like a very, very mild uh arrangement i don't know for lack of a better word i guess it just i don't know are we just weak (laughs) i don't want to admit that but maybe (laughs) right i just i really do i look at the people who just like killed this job and yeah they work I mean, it makes sense that you can just make a ton of money when you wake up, you go out to area at 10 a.m. and you work until 9 9 p.m. at night every single day for four months. And, okay, so, yeah, those guys make $100,000, $200,000. And it's like, okay, they deserve it. But we, you know what, we, I feel like as an experienced rep, you're probably going to come in about $50,000 is like a pretty good average, you know, um, you know, in your later years. And you're going to do that by working less than 40 hours a week substantially less for four months and it's like yeah yeah i don't know it's it's always it's, so hard to explain it's this crazy conundrum because i i don't even understand it about myself at the beginning of the summer mm-hmm. like every every year at the beginning of the summer i'm like all right like at the end of this summer i'm just gonna do it yeah. i'm just gonna work right. even when i don't want to work i'm just going to do it like right discipline hurrah and then the end of the summer does come and i'm sitting in my car in my area needing to get out of the car to go knock on a door and it just seems like like literally not even exaggerating i would rather get in a car crash yeah right like i (laughs) i cannot make myself get out of this car and go knock a door. Even though I know 100% logically that I don't care what they say. Like I'm going to go knock a door and most likely they're going to say no. And I'm like, okay, cool. And go talk to the next person. It's not that hard, like on paper, but there's just this bubble that just surrounds you. And it just becomes this insurmountable thing. So, Yeah, it really does feel like it's a. It feels like a mountain. Well, people look at it from the outside and they're like, "You're making a mountain out of a molehill." It's like, no, I just feel like it's definitely a mountain. It's actually a mountain. <laughs> yeah, this is like it really is. It feels like a mountain to me. Yeah, that's why coming out of this job, I've I I, I have decided I will never work a customer service job for anything less than six figures. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know how people pay Starbucks employees as little as they do. Like, no wonder. Like, it's oh my god. I, I, yeah, I, I would, I just could not do a job like this for anything less than what I make. And even then, I'm yeah. like, is it worth it? And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, which, yeah. It's just crazy. It's absolutely wild. And that's why it's so hard to explain, like walking away from this job, especially, you know, being in your twenties, I don't have a family. I'm trying to explain to my family, like, yeah, I just don't think I can do this again. And they're like, and they're like, why? Why not? <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're doing great. And I'm like, no, no, I'm dying. Yeah. yeah. Dude, how do you feel like, because some of my favorite conversations we've had in just the past summer 
have been conversations like about ADHD and I like, you know, like, and because I've just, it's a, just nice talking to you and then being like, Oh my God. Yes. So relatable. <laughs> yeah. Someone else feels this, you know, but like, how do you feel like, like ADHD has, do you feel like it's ever affected you in this job? Like um, for the better or the worse? Yeah. Well, so I don't have anything com- to compare it to. I was actually having this conversation with Ryan the other day. I wish I would have gotten prescribed like Adderall or mm-hmm. something for like half of this summer huh. to see if it like made a difference for me. Yeah. Like if that insurmountable mountain was something I could overcome easier with, with Adderall. Right. Um, but I guess now I'll never know. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, but, um, I have noticed a pattern over my life that, uh, when I do get to the end of things, my brain likes to shut off a little sooner. Mm-hmm. It's like, Summer sales is an extremely, well, it's an extreme situation of that. But like, yeah, when you get to the end of the, I don't know if this is an ADHD thing, ADHD thing, or like just a normal human being thing. When you get to the, the end of a thing, your brain just like tries to switch off earlier and like be done. Right. So I don't know. But yes, I, I do think ADHD has made this job I think it, I think it makes the roller coaster a little bit steeper on both ends yeah like, that's what i've definitely felt like because i feel like well like definitely something i i don't know eh, yeah yeah because you know hyper fixating was definitely a thing that's always like you know i've always done in my life where like i'll i'll pick up something and i'll just hyper fixate on it both in like the short term like on a day-to-day basis like i'll just there's just be something i can't stop thinking about that day mm-hmm. and sometimes that'll last for weeks and something you know but like and I feel like with this job, especially when someone just answers the door and they're just like, oh, God, I like, why would you, the hell would you knock on my door? You just woke my kid, you know, like, and then I like, I feel legitimately bad. And like, like for me, I feel like it's, it's harder for, I don't know if it's just, I, I guess it's probably hard for everyone to leave that behind. I don't know if ADHD makes that harder because I do feel like I just get so stuck up on being like, for the next like, you know, hour, hour and a half, I keep thinking about like, oh, God, like feel so bad you know like i hope like you know i knock softer on doors for the next like hour and a half because i don't want to wake any kids like so i feel like that might i've thought about that that might be a way that it maybe has affected me in this job but i don't know if that's again i don't know if that's adhd or if that's just right being a person you know yeah well no i I just think you'd have to be kind of a a dirtbag right to have a lady come out and be like you just woke up my baby yeah and not feel bad about that right right yeah do you think this job's made you more empathetic, though, in, in general? Like, or less, or just not? Does it, it has not made a difference? Hmm. Overall, couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't think so. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's made a huge difference because I've just learned to emotionally separate myself from whatever's happening on the doors and just to go into just kind of work mode. I say these words, you sign for pest control, the end. Um, But I feel like some days when I am more emotionally charged, I find myself talking to people and like caring about their lives and like asking them questions. Right. Whereas, but I mean, I feel like I was like, I was like that before. Mm -hmm. Like on my mission, I loved talking to people and like hearing their life story, their problems, their triumphs. Like, so I don't know. I don't, I don't think... This job has changed it all that much. It's just given me more opportunity, right? To to both practice it, own those to, skills, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you ever? Do you feel like you ever have to play the role of therapist? Yes. Yeah, I feel, I feel all the time. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Yes. Mental illness. I just think this is a job that it, it's very hard to do if you have like mental health problems. Like I, I think this feeds a lot of, of mental health problems. And I think it's easy for people to spiral in this job. Like, so there's like, there's plenty of people, like plenty of friends I have that like, I'd say don't even try the job. Like, this this is not for you. Well, I've had, I've had quite a few reps who we've signed and they've come out and then within the first like couple days or week, they're like, Hey man, like I'm really struggling with depression or anxiety. And it's, I'm always just like, all right, man, like I totally understand that. Like, let's get you home if that's going to be what's best for you. Yeah. Because, yeah, I can't even, I'm super lucky and don't, I don't think I have any, like, depression or anxiety or anything like that. 
and this job is freaking hard for me. Right. So like, yeah, whenever somebody tells me that, I'm like, yeah, let's like, doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Let's just like put right. your welfare first because this job will destroy you. Yeah. I mean, your mental <laughs> health is more important than your financial health. Like I, I really do believe that. Yeah. So I have a favorite story from the doors real quick. You've probably repressed most of your memories from the doors at this point, but yeah. Well, here's a here's a pretty funny one. This wasn't like a one moment kind of thing. This was my second year. I was in Memphis, and we had come up to Knoxville to knock for just like a week. And I don't know what it was, but I was having a really bad day, and I started walking up to this guy's house, and he was just that one guy. I was like, hey, man, how's it going? And he just like holds up his hand. He's like, don't even come up here, man. And I was like having a bad day. So like feeling a little confrontational, I guess. And so I just keep going up there. And he's like, and I'm like, oh, man, like, sorry, I don't mean to bug you. Did you hear about the neighborhood group or whatever? And he's like, don't come up here. And just like starts waving his <laughs> finger at me. Right. And I was like, man, I like, I promise I'm not trying to cause any trouble. I'm just doing the pet. And like. Then he just lost it and like starts yelling at me. And so I just flipped him off and then walked away. And that, that sent him reeling, just absolutely livid with me and just like yelling and swearing. And what the hell is your company's name? Like I'm calling and I'm just like, I just like keep going down the street and uh, he like follows me down the street and I knock on a couple people's doors and he's like yelling behind me. And uh, anyways, so he ends up calling in and Milo was there and he's like, all right, dude, we, we should probably move you. So he comes, picks me up in a, an inside truck and I go to a different area. Come to find out he reported us or whatever did a whole bunch of crazy stuff and i sold like three people on his street already it was a pretty small street like cold sack mm -hmm. with maybe 15 20 houses on it and uh anyways very very angry milo went and talked to him kind of calmed him down and later he called into mark and mark calmed him down and got the situation kind of smoothed out and then mark went back to this neighborhood a couple weeks later and sold Every single house on that street, <laughs> except yeah. for that one guy and the ones that I had already sold on there. So yeah, I, maybe 20 is too many, but there were like probably 10 to 15 houses and we now service every single one of their, <laughs> their his neighbors except for him. So he sees the inside trucks there all the freaking time. And I just think that is so funny. That makes Dude. me so happy. It is, dude. That makes me happy. <laughs> it, it really did. Yeah, the doors are crazy, man. You meet such you meet such good people, but God, you meet some absolute fanatics out there. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's something the doors have taught me is, for the most part, I I'm I'm the type of personality that I feel like I need to win. Uh -huh. Like I need to win the conversation. I need to win the argument, and but. Sales has really taught me to just walk away and just like not not get into it, which is hard for me, but it's yeah. something I've gotten way, way, way better at. So like situations like that guy now, right. like I'll try once and twice and then I'll just walk away and I'll I'll be like fuming and mad about it, but I'm not gonna yeah. confront him and keep going. Like whereas before I would. Like I would right. I would fight to the death with people like that. Yeah. I think that's probably one of my favorite skills I've learned from this job too, honestly, is just the the fact that I can, I feel like now more than ever, I talk to someone, they're mean, they're rude, they uh, they cuss me out, whatever, and I'm just like, well, that sucks. And I, like, I still think about it, but then like, I go to the next door, and like, even when I'm down, I'm just a lot better at like, still having good interactions now, whereas like my first year, as soon as I was down, I mean, the day- The was, rest of the day- It might as well have been over. Like, yep. I, I was- I, couldn't talk to anyone people didn't want to talk to me because i obviously didn't want to talk to them yeah and now it's like you know i can i can power through that and yeah i mean that really is i always thought milo was just spewing complete bs when he was like the best thing in this job is the skills you learn but he's right i mean honestly like i do now that i'm at the end of this job i'm like i do feel that and yeah. like there's that nasty stigma that everyone hates door-to-door -door salesmen but there's honestly no reason to come out of your house 
swearing and right. just straight up yelling at somebody. So they're just college kids. Yeah. Like they're literally just knocking your door cause they're trying to make some money. And, uh, there's, there's no justifiable reason for you to come out like that. So it is, it's hard. That part of the job is, is really hard, but yeah, that skill of one, not really letting it affect you for more than a couple minutes right. and still being able to go about your day. And two, being the bigger man and just kind of taking it, walking away, turning the other cheek, whatever. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it there. Look, there's a lot to be said about this job. It was miserable. So that's the reason we're quitting and running off now to Europe. Actually, we have decided against the Caribbean mainly because of hurricane season. That was a slight deterrent. So we'll be heading off to the Mediterranean now. We are flying to Reykjavik in a couple weeks, and then we'll be flying to Paris from there, making our way to Croatia, hopefully buying a boat. That's the plan, and then sailing the Mediterranean. Yep. Like pirates. Like Somalian pirates. Yes, the pirates of the Mediterranean. I don't think we have the complexion to pass as Somalians. But anyways, guys, that is it. So, look, we're wrapping this up. Look, you can go. You can find us on Instagram at The Wandering Conversation. Follow us for updates as we travel. What we're going to be doing for this week and next week is we're dropping two episodes a week. We need to catch you guys up. We're actually recording this in Paris right now. On a beautiful canal. We are. It is a bridge. A couple of swans swam up to us. A couple of swans swam. The swans were swanning. Yes. And so anyways, a great. We need to get you guys across the pond over here with us. So we're going to be releasing two episodes in the next couple of weeks so we can get you over here with us. But guys, if you want to follow us literally moment by moment, go follow the Instagram. Uh, That's where you're going to get the live updates. And guys... If you can do anything, share this podcast. That is super helpful to us. Uh, we need to hopefully try to start growing it and getting more listens. So um, remember, sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. But yeah, and then if you guys want to become a more of a part of the podcast, we do have Patreon slash Wandering Convo. There's buy me way, a coffee. Buy me a coffee slash Wandering Convo. Those are both ways for you to help uh, support us financially and become part of the show. We have little tiers and packages. You can go look at those. You can kind of get different exclusives and different things as well. So um, it's pretty. It's pretty cool beans. And as most famous podcasters say, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. All right, guys. Lo- much love to you all. Wander on and tune in next week for a whole lot more of the Wandering Conversation. It just gets better from here. La da 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 da.